0: polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on uncensored tonight. Nice clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a dirty thought in a nice clean
1: who it's me again the little attitude for all of you in white red land it's five o'clock do you care what the mainstream media says you out there you listening what's up fam what's good what's going on there we go. My mouse is just driving me nuts today. All right, guys. Good to see you guys all out there. Thanks for joining us here today on the Brothers on Show with special guest Mike Nificent. I'm looking forward to welcoming him into the show here in a moment. Don't forget, we are live on the Foxhole right now, the Foxhole.app. Check them out when you guys get time, as you can see. Great chat, great people, great, great shows content all day long it's the best new thing coming out there if you haven't checked it out do me a favor spread the word to the people out there if you want citizen journalists just giving their opinions or just talking about crazy topics that they don't want us talking about well we got a spot for them right here check them out when you get time we're also live right now on pill.net that's the backup for the foxhole Uh, cloud hub wpti or excuse me on d live wpti is uh, still live over there YouTube live today, of course, as well as the Tiger Network, Twitch, and the and the Foxhole, and then well, don't forget the uh, podcast will be launched later on tonight as well. So stand by for that. There you can see, uh, there's uh, 412 over there hanging out with the, with the great guys over there. So check that out when you get time. Don't forget also check out the website when you get time. That's uh, just I spent about two hours last night playing with this damn thing because the mobile kept screwing up. Everything else was working fine, and you go on mobile and look like crap. So I fixed this last night. Working very hard on it. If you want to find show links, previous shows, the yesterday show with Mark Paquita, uh, who is running for Senate in Ohio, was a great discussion. If you missed that, check that out. Monday's show, Texas Music Discussion with special guest Mike, Matt Pavetto and the Texan, also a great discussion. Previous shows with General Flynn, uh, excuse me, uh, Joseph Flynn, as well as the live mobile events and Michael Johns as well as the rest. You can sign up for the new uh uh mailing list uh that is is just getting started it's under construction we'll, we'll get that going here and uh we'll, we'll be able to get you guys some exclusive uh uh you know heads up for what's coming for the week so that'll be be launched soon here are the different links where you can find us we should be live right now here on on uh on uh the uh, cloud hub and for some reason again that's messed up but anyways uh here you go there there's the the blog is up as well, and, and now it's, it's, it just wants to go ahead and, and run in the background. Uh, the blog is up as well. You can find the latest show links and the stuff like that from there, so you can find that there if you, if you need to find something. And how you can help. If you want to help us keep the lights on, cash out, Patreon, PayPal. You can also use a P.O. Box. If you become a Patreon, you get access to the private Discord where you get exclusive show content, what I'm cooking, what show upgrades you guys helped us buy, and the rest. God bless you all. Thank you all for helping us spread the word or helping us keep the lights on. We really do appreciate it. Without you guys, we cannot do what we are trying to do here. And I appreciate you guys very much. With that, I want to welcome my bro Joe into the show. What's going on, Joe? How are you today?
0: It's about 68 here in uh, Illinois, which is kind of a surprise for this time of year, but I will take it. I will take it all day long. I'm super excited today. Uh, Mike Nificent is here and he is someone that I caught on Right Side Broadcasting about a year ago. And I've been following him pretty much ever since. Uh, He's been in the trenches on YouTube doing the work and uh, I'm glad to have him here. Mike, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
2: It's a great honor. When people reach out and ask me to collaborate, I usually say yes. So I'm happy to be here.
1: I'm glad you're here, man. There's a lot of people that probably don't know a lot about you, man. I mean, you've been doing a lot of work, like Joe said, in the trenches for a while. Joe, you said you were going through some of his videos, and he's got a lot of stuff on there. Tell us a little bit about what you saw.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's been a couple years, right, Mike? About three years or, or maybe even longer that you've been doing YouTube videos, uh, he's been doing some awesome work and not only that, he's kind of tried to uh, fight the system, so to speak, where he had to start a separate YouTube channel so he can discuss maybe some other topics and that way he didn't lose his main YouTube channel. We've all been through this of where we all have been uh, you know pretty much tried to be cancelled, whether it's YouTube or Facebook uh, or <laughs> Twitter, uh, any of those. But Mike has just been in the trenches, man. And so if you go back and look at his YouTube, he's done some really good work, some great videos, not only some great interviews and some great stuff with Right Side Broadcasting, but, uh, you know, those who aren't aware of you, they should be now. That's for sure. Oh, thank you, man. It's a great honor.
2: I'm, gl-
1: I'm glad you're here, man. It's, you've been working hard and, you know, the, the fighters on the ground, man, those are the ones that really are making an impression on people. And you've made a, a, quite the impression on a lot of people in the short period of time. You've been kind of, uh, you know, put yourself out there. Where did you grow up at, man? Tell me a little bit about yourself, bro. I don't know. I don't know really anything about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? What was your, what was your childhood like? Uh, well, I
2: grew up in suburban Denver, Aurora, Colorado, to be exact. Um, Two-parent household until I was about like 10 or so, and then my parents split, but they instilled the values in me that I have today. And um, yeah, I went to high school in Aurora Public Schools, not super great, but then I went to college at Colorado State University. Um, I stayed up there after graduation just because I didn't really, I've never been a big city guy too much. So um, I stayed up there for about a year after graduating, and then I moved to the Twin Cities and, uh, it was the twin cities that really gave me a good experience in the world, you know, as a taxpayer, as someone that was just jump-starting a career. And, um, I got to see a lot of things that I didn't really see in Denver because, um, Minnesota is a more politically charged state. And I didn't know that going in. I just assumed like, Oh, it's a blue state. It's going to be fun and great. And I had an amazing time there. Like it's fun, but, um, The longer I stayed there, the more I started to see problems and cracks in their infrastructure, literally and figuratively. And um, to make a long story short, I just left for Florida um, like three years ago, wanted to get away from the frozen tundra. And um, it was Florida that really opened my eyes to how
1: the other side lives, I guess you could call it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota uh, infrastructure cracks, clum- crumbling uh, bridges come to mind. Uh, for instance, uh, the the level of corruption in our road and infrastructure system is is mind boggling. It's amazing that they're allowed to continually get away with it. Um, so it sounds like you know, yeah, you, your mom and pops had uh, had a pretty good influence on on letting you uh, be a free thinker and not being in a, in a structured thinking lifestyle. There's a lot of us that grow up with. Uh, strict parents but they're strict in a way that limits our creativity it sounds like you had the opportunity to grow up and just just uh ex- explore the world as a child that's interesting that you had that perspective coming from Colorado is that am I right on that front
2: yeah I mean basically I've never been a conformist like I always thought outside the box um I never really followed the rules per se and I think that got me in trouble a little bit you know <laughs> being in Elementary school, class clown, like just joking around or anything and stuff like that. But um, I've never just been someone that just toes a line mindlessly. If it doesn't make sense to me, I will typically rebel against it or just reject it altogether and question things. And I think that's ultimately why the propaganda that I was bombarded with in college just kind of rolled off me like water off, off a duck, essentially, because they were talking about you know, socialist things and Sweden, the Nordic model, we're going to have universal basic income, universal healthcare,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Karl Marx, communist manifesto. I read that in college, but it just, you know, I wasn't just really all that interested in it. I just thought that like, eh, we'll see, but I'm not going to just buy it hook, line, and sinker. And um, just seeing some of the more like activist things and like group think, just, I just reject it. Just, it's a natural thing to just reject groupthink and just be an independent thinker. I just never connected it to politics or my values until I guess like three years ago when I started really piecing it all together and started talking about politics.
0: Yeah, Mike, and uh real quick, I you know, as I was going through uh your 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 uh YouTube channel, um one of the things that you put in your about section was from February 21st, 2017, when you first joined YouTube. Do you remember typing anything about that in your uh, about section? Let Let me read it real quick. From early childhood, we're told who we should be, what tribal group we belong to, and how we are expected to interact in a socially engineered society. Some go through life completely unaware of their indoctrinated worldview. Myself and others, like me, never fully subscribe to anything not on our own design without questioning it first. In today's world, there's an oppressive status quo of values and beliefs, and those who dissent from the orthodoxy are subject to tyranny. Minds are awakening and shifting towards truth, no longer will be controlled by the establishment of false narratives and propaganda, because freedom comes before truth, only in the dictionary. When I read that, dude... I was I start even now I got the chills, man. I absolutely love that, man. That is awesome. Um, you know, has your have you changed at all ever since that <clears throat> twenty seventeen or, or is that pretty much still, you know your 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 uh, your about you section?
2: Wow, I, I mean I forgot that that was even there, but yeah, I, I would say that it's spot on. I mean, the whole reason I got into this wasn't for fame, subscribers, or even money. I didn't think I would ever grow to be a monetized YouTube channel, but here I am. And I, you know, I got in because I felt like there weren't enough voices that were, you know, going directly against the status quo and trying to shatter the matrix. It's like, once you break out of the matrix, once you see things so clearly, you can't unsee it. And the first thing you want to do, like the very first thing I wanted to do was go talk to other people. The first thing I wanted to do when I started seeing the lies of the media, especially I was like, let me, let me find a link at this time. I didn't know how to like, you know, pull together clips and stuff. So I was just searching. I've always been like a sponge for knowledge and new random information. So I would go and search videos and try to find videos of like compilations of like, for example, um, liberals being violent or whatever I would find that, or I'd find instances where the media was caught lying. And then I would send it to like friends and family And that was early on. And I was just like motivated to try to get the message out. I was like, wow, whatever, what I just learned is what so many other people need to learn. How can I wake them up? Because we've been misled for so many years, like before the internet, we weren't able to catch the news and lies. We weren't able to quickly reference what they said, flip-flopping on an issue, like even three, four years ago, unless you had a stack of newspapers, you wouldn't know that the New York Times was hypocritical and flip flop. And you would forget about it because it was a physical copy. Now it's within a click. It's within, you know, a split second. You can pull up and reference what they said before versus now and how they've changed their tone. And it really is just powerful. So I think that's uh, something that's important. That's always been important to me is, you know, try to wake people up, try to get them to, they don't have to agree with me. They just need to see the facts, see the data see the truth. And then they can come to their own conclusions. And I think that's more powerful than trying to convince them that they should agree.
0: Yeah. And then just right below that, it it said 3.3 3 million views, by the way. So like I said, you've been in the trenches, you've been putting a good word out and apparently your message is getting across. And I absolutely love it, man.
1: Yeah. You're doing yeah. great work, man. You're doing great work. And, and you know, what's amazing about this, man, I've been doing this for about three years now where I just decided I had to get in front of a mic and run my mouth and um and because I thought people would wanted would want to hear what I have to say and it's 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 been an amazing journey because you don't realize the effect that you have on people and and how so many just great messages I know you've gotten them too from the listeners just um you know you give me hope you you know you give me strength and you make me see things that that I haven't seen before and it's just it's amazing to uh, to be able to have that opportunity and it's gonna get better it's this is just like this is part of the revolution that we started in 2010 as part of the tea party. This is just beginning. And the more people do a little bit of research and awaken themselves to what's really going on in the world, more people are just going to be, you know what, we're all Americans forget the rest of this stuff. Let's see, if we can figure out how to work together. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. And what's crazy for me is my great awakening wasn't even connected to politics. It's actually, I usually just tell the story like right around the time that Trump got elected because that's when I started paying attention to politics. But I was actually truly awakened a year prior to that when I was living in Minneapolis. This is really weird. This is a bizarre story, but I've told it only a couple of times. But anyway, I was sitting at my corporate job. I was working for Target headquarters and I was just feeling lost in my career. I'm like, man, what am I doing here? This I'm not going anywhere. I'm not happy. It's dreary and rainy outside. So anyway, I go to this um, Red Talk, which is their version of TED Talk. Where they have some speaker, some you know CEO from another corporation come and try to mm-hmm. inspire people. and I felt like, you know, I'm gonna just go and hear what they have to say. And it was very inspirational and they were talking about like, you know, um, this company is just a spoke, but you're the wheel, not the other way around. So you know you free yourself if you want to. give yourself permission to live life on your terms. And that was so powerful. But what was even more powerful was during that speech, uh, my phone was blowing up because this was the day that Prince passed away. Now, you know, Minneapolis is Prince's hometown. Mm-hmm. And it just was so powerful that, you know, the whole city turned purple. It was a very emotional time. Anyway, a couple of days go by, I'm talking to my buddy up there and he's like, you know, uh, Prince was taken out, right? This is the first time I ever heard anything like this. He's, he's like, Prince was taken out. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said some stuff about, oh, Prince is uh, talking about chemtrails. And he he questions the government and all this stuff. And i like, he sent me a couple YouTube videos. And next thing I know, I went down this rabbit hole of just like, it was a guilty pleasure more yeah. or less at the time. It wasn't like I was just buying everything that I was taking right. in wholesale. But some of the stuff he sent me, I think he sent me even a few like InfoWars videos, some different stuff. And this was right around 2016 or yeah, I guess it was 2015. I don't remember which year it was, 2015 or 2016, but the election stuff was starting to be talked about, uh, Pizza Gate, all these things. And by that time, I was so awake to just, wow, I didn't know that the government might be doing this. I didn't know fluoride was bad in the water. Like a lot of different things had shaken me awake on top of me feeling like I need to wiggle free from this, these, uh, these chains that I put on myself. Right? And so... I hit the eject button, moved to Florida, took a leap of faith, put God back in the center of my life. And I've been so stable ever since because I quit that job, moved without any job, nothing set up. I just took a leap of faith, like, you know, Lord, I hope this works out, but I'm going to go to Florida. I have a nice car that's a tourist destination. I can be an Uber driver, I will make it happen. And so I moved down to Florida. I feel so free. The sunshine, it's, it's got healing powers. I mean, after living in a dreary Mm -hmm. gloomy place for so long, I just felt like this, this spiritual change within me. And on, you know, on top of that, I would be an Uber driver and pick up, you know, Trump supporters, people getting in my car with MAGA hats on, never saw a MAGA hat in person before that this time it's 2017. So Trump's already in office and I'm not really paying much attention to, him at all i'm just like well you know give him a chance we'll see how he does because i didn't really care about hillary i didn't vote for hill well i think i cast my vote for hillary but i don't know if it made it to colorado in time side story i want want to get
1: i want to get get into um your thoughts on on prince and and uh, the, the, the those that we've lost michael jackson and others in the music industry in a moment but stick on that topic for a moment if you would in 2015, when when in July of 2015 or whatever it was, when Trump walked down the escalator, what was your thought? What were you thinking this time? You, you kind of hinted that you weren't really that paying that close attention to politics. But, but in general, I'm assuming you had a thought about President Trump running. What did you think back then?
2: Well, honestly, um, because I was living in liberal Minneapolis, <laughs> yeah. uh, all my friends up there, I still have some really great friends up there. They're all liberal, uh, which is fine. Uh, I was around them, so everything that I heard about Trump was negative, but I like, I had a roommate that he would watch politics all the time. Like he watched the debates and stuff and I would just be passing through just completely like checked out from it. He would just be saying stuff like, Oh, look, Trump screwed up in this thing. And, you know, I was starting to pay attention a little bit because I knew that Obama's term was up and I'm like, okay, so now we're going to have a whole different president. And what is that going to mean for the country? And I was looking at Hillary and I'm like, eh. I was looking at bernie i'm like he's a communist clearly and then the other side of the aisle i'm like jeb bush really bush's little brother no and then i saw rand paul and he stood out to me because he was talking about liberty just straight up liberty freedom why do you need a permit to go fishing like all this stuff that i'm like that makes sense but then there was trump and he was like the elephant in the room he's getting all the media attention They were, of course, I still thought CNN was real news at the time. I'm like seeing CNN stuff. And they're like, yeah, he said, grab them by the, you know what? And a bunch of different things. He called Mexicans rapists. Right when they said that, I was like, did he though? Like, did he really say that? Like, that sounds like the dumbest thing. Somebody running for president. (laughs) It's like, let me just call one group of people rapists. like." I'm thinking to myself, like, th- th- there's got to be more to it. Little did I know there would be clips that surface later with the full context and everything you said. But at the time, I was just like, hey, I don't know about Trump because he's outside of politics. We need a politician, which tells you where I was at mentally at the time. I'm thinking like, yeah. we need a more seasoned politician, <laughs> right? So <laughs> when he won, though, um, I was a little nervous. But in comparison to everybody around me, I felt like the same person in the room. There was a complete meltdown. I was at Target headquarters the next day, and they were literally passing around petitions. Like, we got to overturn this. Hillary was cheated. I'm with her. This is wrong. And the way they would talk about it is if everybody agreed. And I was just like, you know, I don't really care one way or the other. Like, he's in there now. I'm going to give him a chance. We'll see what happens. I was very much open-minded about Trump. But uh, I never thought he was racist. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's been in Home Alone. He's been in every single rap video. There's probably thousands of songs about him. He obviously took pictures with Michael Jackson, Rosa Parks, Muhammad Ali. I mean, like, you're telling me they were too stupid to know that they were taking a picture with a racist? I'm like, he wasn't racist five minutes ago. Now, all of a sudden, you turn him into Lucifer overnight. He's just this, this, this figure of hate. And it it just felt really um, uh, hyperbolic. And um, I didn't see that. And, you know, the more that I uncovered, the more I was like, man, these people lied. And it's like when when I discovered some of these truths about how they were lying, it actually made me angry. Yeah, That's what they say. Like, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. And I was pissed off when I found out they lied about so much like just petty unnecessary things like oh he tried to kill the koi fish when he went over to japan and they don't i'm like you guys are such devils for lying about this why would you tell that lie when clearly you see the full context it's like oh the japanese uh president he poured out all the fish fish food and then trump just followed him they're like look at him he's just dumping all that fish fish food in there he wants to kill the koi fish i'm like you guys are psychos
1: they, they totally are this is beyond the fact that. Uh, uh koi fish eat like crazy, but that's besides the point, I suppose. Um, it's pretty interesting, man. It really is. Uh, I, I love hearing that your story about that because it's like, you know, like I said, for me, man, I got out of the Marine Corps in, in 98 and I looked around and I'm going, what in the world is going on with this planet right now? It was just a, it was a, it was a foreign land to me. Um, and then when you, like you said, you start to dig into these things, you're just like, that's just, these guys are just flat out lying. They're just, they, they, they know they're lying and they're still like, they're just living in this reality. Um so I be, you know that's when I became involved with uh trying to you know be a you know I, just a, tw- a Twitter warrior just you know drop a little link here and there hey did you see this um and that progressed to uh you know to just continuing to dig and it's 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 a never ending thing when you when you dig in on stories like Prince and 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 Michael Jackson and Ch- Chester Bennington and a, a whole list of uh, Chris Cornell was my was my musical hero as a kid and still is. I I absolutely love Chris Cornell. All of these weird things that happened during this period of time that just didn't make sense when you did, I don't want you to, I mean, you don't have to go too far, but but when you did the dig into Michael and and into Prince, did you see the same thing that I did that that there's a, we don't know really what happened, but there's definitely something odd going on there.
2: Yeah. There's definitely more questions and answers. Um, I mean, it's real. There's a secret society for sure. I mean, you you look at music videos, you look at the Super Bowl, they're always putting symbolism in front of you. They're always symbolizing things and they're always it almost seems like we know it's true now. Like worshiping Satan. They're very evil and wicked and dark and I feel like anybody that blows the whistle on that or even comes close to it becomes a casualty. I remember Michael Jackson had a, like, I don't know if it was a speech or whatever. He was on stage and he was talking about Warner Brothers and how they're evil and their control of his music. And Prince, he wanted to get control over his music. And he was talking about Kim Trails specifically. And he talked about some other things too. I'd have to pull up the interview to reference it. But he talked about a lot of things that I'd never heard before. I've heard of the Illuminati and Freemasons before, but I never understood what it was until after prince died and it was just because like i said i was curious about what my friend was talking about because he had already known about it and then it just opened up so many doors of truth and like different little nuggets that i've picked up along the way and um i once i connected it to media game over and they just got even worse and worse with their lies they got sloppier and as the internet and youtube and facebook and people with uh Independent platforms started to grow and expose them, it just became a bigger thing to where they couldn't cover it up. They couldn't bury it. Before, when you only had like three or four YouTubers calling them out, they, you know, it wouldn't, it didn't really make an impact. But now that you have so many people out there sharing information, sharing news, sharing video clips, exposing their hypocrisy, they just, they can't do anything about it. And I feel like 2018 is when they just went supernova with their just, Crazy stuff. Remember, we had Jussie Smollett and we had the Covington Catholic thing. And then we had Brett Kavanaugh. That was a crazy year for hate crime hoaxes, uh, conspiracy theories from them. Cause then we also had the Russia collusion thing. All of that just started to bubble up right at the time when my YouTube channel was really taking off. And I think that's how right side found me is oh, you know, because I was going to these rallies and my my platform was so big. I think when I went to my first Trump rally, that's when I started to understand, like, these people, this is, I don't believe in tribalism per se, but I'm like, these are my people. They they want a free society. They want to be left alone by the government. They're from all walks of life, different backgrounds. They have minds of their own. I was really nervous, actually, the first time I went to a Trump rally, which I do tell this story every once in a while. I went to, a, I bought a MAGA hat because I felt like the media was smearing Trump supporters, painting them in a negative light. And I had some of them in my car. They were nice people who said that they were lifelong Democrats, but voted for Trump because of America first policies and what Obama did and all that stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to buy a MAGA hat in solidarity with them. But it took me like several months before I ever put it on. Then I would wear it to the mailbox and I'm like, okay, I'll wear it to the store, but I'll leave it in the car. Then I'm like, I'll wear it in the store. And then I went to a rally, but I was nervous because I'm like, well, if I'm ever going to experience white supremacy and all this hatred for me being a black man, it's going to be at a Trump make America great again rally in Tampa, Florida. And I went there and people were complimenting me on my hat, even though they had on the exact same hat and it just, the rest was history.
0: That's, that's amazing, man. And you know, what you said there about, uh, these are my people sort of, uh, sort of thing. Um, you know, my first anything Trump uh, uh related rally or not was actually uh January sixth uh this year. And um, you know, I, you know, we we walked to the Capitol, and when I got to the Capitol, I turned around and you know, said exactly that. I I I said, I feel at home, I feel like this is my people. The the love that I felt the um the just at home feeling that i felt with everybody around me and it was such a mix of people i mean just a, a huge mix of people in, in addition to some bad people but um you know that feeling that you know you, you that these are your people that feeling is amazing and you know that, that, like I said, that was my first time being to any kind of Trump thing. And I, you know, I can't wait to the next ones because I can't wait to, to feel that feeling again. Um, it, it's, it's just nothing, nothing can, as you can see, I'm, I'm almost speechless. Cause I can't even explain myself of that feeling.
2: Yeah. It's, it's surreal. And you know, I, I feel like, um, when I put God first, then everything becomes more clear as far as my path and everything else, because now, you know, I went from working at target to now having my own platform working for right-side broadcasting, being able to reach millions of people, millions of people have heard me speak. That's the biggest platform I could have ever asked for. And, you know, when I go to these rallies, when I talk to Trump supporters, a lot of times they say, Hey, God bless you. I'm praying for you. Thank you. You just really feel the energy and the love In the truth of God when you're around people in MAGA. And that's why I believe so much in MAGA. It's never been more relevant than it is right now. And this movement is really powerful. It's really spiritual. It's really, um, it's full of light and truth and unity and love. And it's like, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Because the other side, the side controlled by Satan, is full of demonic energy, vitriol, hate, violence, And um, ultimately trying to destroy God's people. That's why we've seen so much evil happen. I mean, I could go, I could go down so many different paths on this one, but like, just think about what they've done to children. If children are even allowed to be born, their, their innocence is subverted from the minute they come out of the womb. They're told you can switch your gender and we're going to give you drag queen story hour. Like a lot of just weird, dark, demonic stuff that we as Christians have to call out, have to expose and, you know, try to restore God's balance, the divine balance of the world, of the earth, God's creatures, God's creation. Uh, That's what we have to do. And that's what I'm committed to doing. And I think that being in this movement is a part of that.
1: Amen. God bless you, Mike. God bless you, brother. Because, you know, it's each one of us who can do what we can. I mean, none of us is perfect. And by far, Uh, My patience with liberals is uh, gone, basically. So I I don't I'm not even interested in trying to placate to them or to uh, to try to see their perspective on things, because it is just beyond gone for me. Um, And the more I hear from people who are able to reach others, that is a weakness that I have to get through. You know what I'm saying? All of us have to find ways to to. to, to live with each other regardless of the of the differences. And it just becomes very hard when you realize uh, how many black hearts there are out there. And it's just, um, you know, everything we can do to, we don't have to preach the gospel. We don't have to tell people to go read the Bible. But what we can do is just ask people to treat others the way they want to be treated. The basis of the foundation of Jesus' teachings is what is missing in this world. And any one of us who can help in that front is, is very important. It, it is clear to me that, Uh, god has blessed you my friend and it's on it's it's awesome to have you here with us today when you um when you go back and look at uh, when you first started at rbsn um and and you know you first kind of get into the first chance to to get hired there what was the first couple months like and then uh, talk about your first experience um you know covering a rally and the nervousness slash the ability to kind of just uh you know make love to the camera as they say (laughs) well um From the moment that they hired me, I was just ecstatic. I
2: couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, I'm going to get to travel, which is something I always wanted to do for a living. I'm like, I want to get paid to go see the country and also do something that I'm passionate about. So I was, I literally met like the confluence of my passion, my skills, and something that makes a difference as well as being able to earn a living in the process. So they hired me last March, actually probably one year ago today, coincidentally, um, I think that 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 was just a special time for me, and then boom, a week later, the pandemic hit, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to have any work for you right now." So, you know, I don't know, but we want to have you here, but we don't know if we're going to be able to give you any work this year. But just stay tuned. So, you know, it was discouraging at the time. I didn't think. I'm just thinking, like, man, another like curveball gets thrown my way right when I'm at the precipice of something amazing. Another curveball, but. I just trusted in God. I'm like, God finally get that fame. break.
1: Right. Finally get that yeah. break where you're like, you know, you're yeah. finally there and then just from yeah. your hands. That's tough, man. Yeah.
2: And then, and then when they finally sent me out on my first rally, because remember Trump stopped holding rallies and then he did one in Tulsa and that ended up being a disaster. Yeah. But then he was like, he decided to hold one in New Hampshire. And I think that was in July or early August, he was going to hold one in New Hampshire And so they're like, all right, Mike, we're back to doing rallies. Trump's going to hold one in New Hampshire. So they fly me out to New Hampshire. I get to the airport in Boston. As soon as I land, they're like, on Twitter, I see Trump canceled his rally because some hurricane is going up there. So I'm like, (laughs) dang I get up here. I'm ready to do a rally. And they cancel it because of a hurricane that's going to hit New Hampshire. Like, what? What? Crazy stuff. So it ended up being an impromptu, like, we didn't want to just not go live or do anything so we salvage that time by doing a man on the street let's let's just go interview people so that's where I guess I am the best at what I do is when you give me a microphone and a camera you're like all right Mike go make it interesting that's what I had to do and I wasn't expecting that I was really prepared to be on script or in a more structured environment and have you know a more senior correspondent like tell me what to say and do and me learn from them. But I was kind of just on my own, really like, you know, just talking to people and they let me go and they let me kind of blossom. And it just, it worked out perfectly that that was my first experience working for RSBN because uh, the CEO loved it that, you know, we turned nothing into something. And then my very first rally came like a couple months later. And uh, I think it was, uh, Latrobe Pennsylvania and that was just a blast I just it was so much fun I got to see Air Force One fly in for the first time I never saw Air Force One in real life let alone have it be that close I'd been to Trump rallies before but never at an airport hangar never saw the grand entrance of Air Force One and it just gives you goosebumps like Hell every yeah. time that I saw it thereafter it was the same feeling it never got old to me.
1: Yeah, man, it definitely is a sight to see. And that those airport hangar uh, rallies were a lot of fun. I ran into Liz, uh, your your uh, your coworker there, uh, probably like five or six times on the trail. I just kept running into her. I started making fun of her telling her she was following me around Knock knocking it off. off. Uh, so do me a favor. When you see Liz, tell her uh, Abe Allen from uh, Uncensored said hello. I got a chance to interview her when she was over here, uh, me covering the rally. I figured, hey, I'll, I'll say hi to Liz, see what she's up to. I got a chance no. to interview her for a Patriot soapbox when I was over there. Um, and it's just, you know, it's cool to kind of hear your guys' stories because, you know, what's interesting about the way RSBN approaches this is they have regular people that are just, that just love the country and just want to, want to tell you what they see and just present it. It's, a, it's an awesome feel. It's very real, unlike most of what we are, is you know, shoved down our throats these days. And that's why a lot of us also are, are just, uh, have a lot of fun with this because we just, um, you know, trying to connect with the people is is just an amazing thing. Um, and, and being at the rallies was just unbelievable, man. I'm with you. It was just you can't really explain it, and I can't wait for them to pick back up. I, I'm hearing that we're going to start seeing some movement on that in the next month or so. So this summer is going to be fun. Are you hearing anything too on that front about the, some events starting up here in the next uh, couple months? No, I haven't heard anything about it other than uh, his CPAC speech,
2: you know, that infamous speech that has now been banished from the internet. He talked about um, how he wants to throw his support and resources behind America First candidates to primary out some of these rhinos like Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and the rest. So I assume that would happen at some point next year before we get to midterms. But If you're hearing it's going to be sooner, then that's great news for me because it's been very slow right now. You know, since the election, we really thought that he would uh, be in the White House and that he would be doing like a thank you tour and that work would have picked up. And um, now it's just kind of like we're just in, you know, foreign waters trying to navigate and we're coming up with these little events. So uh, that'll be incredible if he actually is going to be holding rallies again. I mean, I don't know if we'll be able to broadcast them on YouTube anyway, but.
1: Right. Yeah, that'd be exciting. You guys had no shortage of problems with YouTube. What what happened recently to you guys when uh, once again YouTube is messing with you guys? What what was the most recent event? I can't remember exactly.
2: Uh, the most recent event we covered.
1: No, the YouTube uh, didn't they they take you guys guys down or suspend you again recently?
2: Yeah, we got suspended for two weeks because we broadcast his CSPAC or C Pack speech, and um, yeah, because he talked about November third. We're on YouTube. I don't want to get your channel. You're not care. allowed to talk about the day on November 3rd.
1: The that fraudulent happened, election right? that was November 3rd. Yeah. I don't yeah,
2: care. Yeah. We we weren't going to censor anything he said, and neither did Fox News or C SPAN or anybody else, but they suspended us for two weeks for airing that speech. And it was a part of a, the, the entire day of uh, CPAC. We were live from the start of the day when they had panelists it wasn't just the trump speech it was everything that took place that day i went outside for a huge massive flag wave outside of the uh the hyatt regency and interviewed a bunch of patriots and showed the crowd and really got everybody fired up before he spoke so we had like four hundred twenty thousand people watching the speech live and it was approaching 4 million views uh, four days after the speech, four days after CPAC was over, when they decided to banish it, so kind of weird that they didn't just take it down right away. They waited four days, and then they deleted it, gave us a channel strike.
1: <laughs> Stoney just because the Fox that's because of the, knew, uh, that's of the more dumb, viewers. That's because of the dumbasses
0: they have working there. It yeah. took them that long to find anything to ban you for.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, and we went and we went out of our way to try to be. Um, to try to follow their rules essentially. And that's what happened. We, you know, some people are mad because you know, I saw someone in the chat just now talking about Mike Lindell. We censored Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell told us, if he gets out of, if he says anything that would get us in trouble to mute his mic or whatever, because you know, when he gets to talking, he just talks, he just goes and goes and goes. Yeah, He's a great guy. And he's like, I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Just like, you know, it's common courtesy, just like I'm on your channel. I don't want to just say anything that could get you in trouble because you are still broadcasting on both Facebook and YouTube. I totally get that. But We went went out of our way to try to appease the YouTube gods and just tread lightly. It's like, let's just not even talk about the election as opposed to talk about it and then have to censor someone. It's like, let's talk about Joe Biden. Let's talk about his executive orders. Let's talk about the speakers at CPAC. Let's talk about anything but you know, the big three that you can't talk about, which is vaccines, COVID, and the election. Those are the three. So we stayed away from it. And then we're like, we're just going to let the president speak. We're going to let him talk and let the viewers decide. And YouTube decided for him. They're like, no, you can't hear it. You're not allowed.
1: Unbelievable. The it's the same received. thing over and over again. And guys, if uh, if you get a little lagging on uh, Fox, we'll just hit that refresh button. You should be good to go. Um it uh it's amazing to see how much uh how far they're going with the censorship and how far the tyranny is going. They really don't like anyone saying anything that doesn't fit their narrative. You've had a chance to go to a bunch of different we only have about eight minutes before we're gonna to a news blitz and then we'll we'll take some calls after the top of the hour guys if you guys want to call in talk to Mike ask him some questions about what he sees going on in the world today. be happy to hear from you guys that'd be fun. Uh, and I do and have that, some uh, some other topics also after the, after the top of the hour that we'll get to, but there's a couple I wanted to get to with Mike and hear what he had to say. No, n- a new report today coming out of uh, out of D.C. As a film producer, Maggie Vandenberg uh, reports that the D- D.C. occupied zone is expanding and not going away. New fencing going up around the Capitol, um, and uh, they covers re- as well as uh, without a gap of of. Uh, with no gap and with razor wire that covers blocks and blocks. They actually have a second lineup of fencing going up. She said she saw six trucks with more fencing. It looks like they were actually bringing more, not taking it away. Uh, you've been to DC, what several times over the past, you know, six months or so. And you've seen the changes of what's been happening around there. Can you tell us what you've seen from, you know, what it was like, but before to what you see now? And there's a lot of people that are seeing this stuff and they're like, none of this makes sense. Yeah. Well, I actually was
2: not in, I haven't been to DC since January 6th and I wasn't there on January 6th, but from the first time I went there to the time he left office, it's changed a lot, you know, but when I first got there, it was a ghost town. It's boarded up. It looks deserted. It looks, um, de- it's depressing. the The energy in DC sucks period. But the very first time I went was actually three, four years ago, you could actually walk up to the Capitol building. They, they had a small barricade in front of it, but you could walk up on the steps and you could access some of the buildings. You could get close to the white house. And I don't think we're going to see that again. I don't, I think, honestly, DC will remain a militarized zone because they know we hate them. They know it. They know it. They know they stole the election. They know that we know that they stole the election And general disgust with the politicians uh, in D.C. from both sides of the aisle, it's not just Democrats, it's Republicans too, it has inflamed uh, most of the country, most of the country does not like the politicians in D.C., it's just the truth. I just think that they're using the events on January 6 to justify the extension of their militarized zone, they want to keep it locked down they know that biden's illegitimate they know nancy pelosi is a fraud they know these people are criminals and so they're terrified so they want to flex their muscle this is what uh authoritarian countries do that i mean this sounds like venezuela this sounds like the kind of security that nicolas maduro has Mm -hmm. he's you know the most popular president in venezuelan history really he has to be protected by all those people if joe biden is so freaking popular Why do they need to have barbed wire fencing around the White House? If if Democrats control the House and the Senate, why do you need to protect everything? If you guys have the majority, then the majority should be showing up with signs like "Hey, we love you. You're the best." But they want to continue to use this this um, invisible enemy, the boogeyman, the white supremacy, the um, insurrectionists, the domestic terrorists that are nowhere to be found. They just keep shifting the goalposts. They're just like, oh, well, now we're here and it's going to be March 12th or whatever day they're using now. At first it was, it's going to be March 4th. And it's like, oh, no, just March 6th. So they're, they're just using that to um, continue protecting themselves and flex their their military might. Like, go ahead and try us.
1: Yeah. Well, some are sitting somewhere having a beer with someone laughing his ass off about these dates. He's the one that's pushing this stuff. He's one of the ones as well as media matters they are the ones that are pushing these false narratives. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting to watch how they all just get in line though. It's funny. Uh, I never really heard about the 4am talking points until about four years ago, three years ago. And now you can watch it. You can just watch it happen. One you, all you need is one outlet to put to push a narrative out there and they all just hop on board. It's, it's so obvious it's amazing to me that how, how the lack of self-awareness that they have or else they just don't really care. It's amazing to me, isn't it? Joe, any thoughts on, on the militarization of DC and what the hell's going on over there?
0: No, I'm pretty sure Mike uh, was spot on about it. That's why I said, boom, if you didn't hear me, um, you know, that's, he just nailed it. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, Joe's dementia is, is dementia is definitely an issue. And you know the other thing is obviously if he was so loved and he got as many votes as everyone says he does we shouldn't need to be protecting him he should be able to walk down the street you know by himself basically if he's so loved and we know that's not what's happening absolutely
1: yeah no doubt sorry my uh again my mouse is just being retarded um
0: Thanks, Sean, Joe, out there in D-Live for the diamond. Appreciate that, brother. And Kitty Wu as well.
1: Yeah, appreciate you guys very much. Thank you guys very much We got much for the being lemons here. and the diamonds back on in D-Live right? for yeah, now, Anyway, Good call on that one. Um, where mask mandates stand across the country? Where are you guys at today out there uh, in in YouTube or in uh, D-Live or in Never Never Land, in the Matrix? Where are you guys at today? Where's your city, county at with masks Here's where we're at. States never imposed na- state uh, statewide mask mandates. Arizona, Alaska, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Tennessee, uh, the only states that didn't allow uh, or have mask mandates. Uh, states that have lifted them all include uh, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, Texas, and Wyoming. States that will have ma- still have mask mask mandates. Excuse me. Uh, and there's the list there, which is basically the vast majority still have some type of mask mandate going on today. It is just unbelievable to me that they're continuing to push this garbage. And again, it's another example for me, Mike, of um, uh, just them not being able to live in reality. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why these people are just continually shoving this down our throats. What's your take on these masks and the mess around it? I think it's a muzzle. I think it's uh, it's 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 a way to
2: signal that you are submissive and docile because how else do you explain people that wear masks while they're driving their cars? How else do you explain somebody running alone on a on a trail wearing a mask? It makes zero sense. There's no scientific justification. And if you're that freaking afraid of being killed by the virus? Are you really living? Are you living your best life if all you're worried about is dying from this virus that has a 99% survival rate? I think the mask mandate is tyranny. It violates bodily autonomy, whatever happened to my body, my choice, same thing goes for the vaccine. It's just a way to control and muzzle people. You know, it's like them trying to create a new norm. And it's, it actually triggers me to see people so submissive. They're like, For anybody to wear one mask, let alone two, just shows how docile and sheepish they are. Like, well, Fauci hasn't told me I'm safe yet. Fauci's more likely to tell you to wear 10 masks and people will actually do it. It's just, it's mindless, brainwashing, sheep-like behavior to to follow these mandates and these orders. Um, I think it does a lot of damage, psychological damage, especially to kids. Kids going to school and they can't like see their classmates smile You know, sometimes a smile can turn someone's day around. There's real power in smiling and getting to know people and meeting people. Now everyone's just hiding behind a face diaper. And it's, again, it's not scientific. If it was, they would tell us which masks work and which ones don't, instead of just saying, just cover your face. Anything will work, you know, a bed sheet, uh, uh, whatever you can make at home, make it out of a bandana. It's like, you guys are just, you guys are liars.
1: It's amazing to watch. I came up with the idea of a nationwide uh, hijab uh, mandate that has this built-in protective uh, air so that you basically cover your whole head, your whole body, and that's going to be mandatory next. And the the scary thing, my friend, is I'm with you. I cannot believe how many people, true good, just good Americans, are just like uh, bending over and doing exactly what they're told. It's amazing. we got a lot of other topics coming up at the top of the hour. It's been fun so far. We'll give Mike a chance to get a break, get some water, clear his throat, and then we'll have you guys' calls at the top of the hour. In the meantime, uh, Joe's got some rapid-fire stuff for us. Let me get the rapid-fire opener going here. Let's welcome Joe in for a rapid-fire, and we'll see you guys uh, at at the top of the hour for a quick advertisement and then more phone calls from you guys. Looking forward to it. Joe, what do you got going on out there? Let me get the uh, uh, opener going, then I'll, I'll hand it over to you. go with a rapid fire opener. I always love that thing. It's always good to get a quick opener. Joe, what do you got seeing scene going on out there?
0: Yeah, man. I Absolutely. Every time I watch that, I absolutely love it. Uh, me and the graphics department put that thing together. Just a quick little opener. But uh, the, the gun at the end, in case anybody didn't notice it, uh, the gun at the end there is i'll I'll see if someone catches on maybe they'll put it out there and and see what gun that was so I got a, quite a few stories I'm going to try to run through them real fast here. First one I got for you is the data stolen in new cyber attack on Norwegian Parliament linked to Microsoft software says a so says a spokesperson. Well, that's kind of interesting. The Norwegian Parliament has been hit by another cyber attack just six months after its IT systems were previously compromised, its administration chief Marianne Andreessen said in a statement on Wednesday. The, does this surprise you a, at all? <laughs> the amount of cyber attacks recently that have been going on has been unreal, and now they're been. just they're just hitting everywhere man
1: yeah and it i with all the crap that's going on with my computer right now i'm kind of worried about mine i had a hard time getting on pill.net this morning and there was some weird stuff going on with methods as well so i'm I'm a little bit concerned as well now that i have all this shit set up but um i mean again uh you know i think we all don't do a good enough job of cha- making sure we change our passwords a lot of this can be mitigated by making sure we have good passwords and changing them constantly
0: Always stay protected and not just an easy password. That's for sure. That makes a big difference. Just wanted to cover this one real quick because this was, of course, out of my uh, district here in Illinois, Decatur man sentenced to 27 years in prison for child pornography charges every single day. This is getting ridiculous. This was out of Decatur, Illinois. Christopher Bailey, 40 of West Center Street uh, from Decatur. Uh, is about to serve twenty seven years in jail, and hopefully he gets bent over every single day without soap. Next one I got for you every this day. was every day this one was huge, man United States Coast Guard. God bless our uh, our Coast Guard and of course the rest of our forces, but the Coast Guard has been doing some amazing work. This was uh an offload of seventy five hundred pounds of cocaine and marijuana in San Diego this was as of today, or I guess this morning at three o'clock in the morning, but uh, you can see there's, I'll drop these link uh, afterwards, but you can see there's a a cool little video on there of them approaching. uh, And it also describes it's it's uh, Oh, in this article also, let me cover this real quick. It talks about uh, January and February and how much cocaine and stuff was uh, seized total. So in those two months, $126 $126 million worth of uh, basically narcotics has been recovered.
1: Um, and this is pretty good work. What's that? Do me a favor. Hit Control Plus. Do it again. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. Now we can see it. Dang, I
0: didn't know I could do that till now. So <laughs> let me go this real quick. The Coast Guard um, Cutter Bertolf crew was responsible for four ind, uh, interdictions, seizing approximately 6,200 pounds of cocaine. Now, this, again, this is between two months. The Coast Guard Monroe, uh, they, seized, they had three interdictions, seizing approximately 1,100 pounds of cocaine and 50 pounds of marijuana. Do
1: me a favor. I'm going to read this. Uncheck the sound share. It's all, it's all jumbled. The Coast Guard Law Enforcement Detachment 107 deployed USS Freedom, LCS 1, uh, and that as well, with another major seizure over there as well. there's been no shortage, as you guys know. we've been covering this uh, for o- about a year now, but no actually longer than that. I think there's been but pretty steadily in the last year, there have been some major busts down there uh, in, on the coast, and we know that, they're, that the, our military is doing great work on there, down there. Not, not a whole lot of talk about that in the media though at all
0: no no not one bit and it's huge man i mean the amount of bust and the amount of work that the coast guard has been doing has been amazing
1: the so, um, zoom jumbles up the the text if you select uh uh optimize for video i didn't I, okay so right now it looks normal
0: uh how does that look now on on there zoom
1: in again Otherwise, it may be just a good idea just to not even share it because you can't even see it anyway. <laughs> never mind. Go ahead.
0: All right. Uh, just real uh, this, uh, Chicago Sun-Times election fraud charge uh, charges filed against five in DuPage County. That's right. The whole thing that everybody's talking about, you know, election fraud. Uh, yeah, never heard of it. Well, the DuPage County State's Attorney's Office filed election fraud charges against five people in connection with the 2020 general election. In three of the cases, defendants tried to cast a ballot for someone other than themselves, according to the statement of the state's attorney's office. So what was interesting there, Abe, is I've been trying to, I been remember how I mentioned uh, not too long ago, actually, that I wonder what kind of fraud is happening in Illinois and not a peep about it until now. So glad to see that coming out.
1: There's been a couple. There's been some interesting ones. And there's gonna be more too, but that's pretty interesting. No such thing as election fraud. Like, what are you talking about? There's no such thing. It never really happens. And if it does, it's like maybe twenty people. So what does it even matter?
0: Dizzy Kincaid for the ninja Genie out there in D Live. Thank you, brother. Bona fart, that's all. Um <laughs> next one I had for you was the tri state. Court rules in Madigan's favor and dirty trick dirty tricks allegation. So, I've been talking about this Madigan now for a while. And the U.S. uh, Court of Appeals ruled in case involving former Illinois House Speaker Madigan that it doesn't have the authority to penalize a politician for a shady strategy that voters tolerate. Let me read that again for a shady strategy that voters tolerate. This is just sickening. Um, You know, obviously, the court system here in Illinois is just as corrupt as anywhere else. But again, it's not really a surprise because, after all, this is Illinois.
1: Good shit. I love um, that you're keeping an eye on Madigan stuff. That's that's but been a lot going on with that recently. It's pretty interesting to see how that's going to the media is just going to kind of like, OK, we're moving on from Madigan now. No one talk about him anymore.
0: Yeah, that that's what they want. Anyways, um, I don't have time to play this video, but I'm going to drop it or, um, you know, maybe later because it's a two minute video. But basically, um, Pompeo dropped some bombs uh, about Uh, the NRA and the Second Amendment.
1: Let's go ahead and hear this. I want to hear what Pompeo has to say. He also had a telegram uh, released today. He was on Maria Bartiromo this morning as well. Uh, I would would love to take an extra couple minutes here and see what Pompeo had to say, and then we'll get to a quick advertisement at the top of the hour, and then we'll take your calls shortly.
4: I'm Mike Pompeo, fellow NRA member and former Secretary of State. I was part of a crucial administration that spent the last four years fighting for the Second Amendment. I was proud of the work we accomplished to protect and defend our freedoms both at home and abroad. I fought for you. I fought for your Second Amendment rights as a soldier, as a CA director, and then as your Secretary of State. Now look, I I love to shoot. I still go to my family's farm and shoot from time to time. I own a whole handful of firearms, and both my wife and I had concealed carry permits when we lived back in Kansas. I want to be very clear. The threats to our Second Amendment cannot be overstated. That's why we need your unwavering support and commitment to protecting these rights. Back in 2010, when I first ran for Congress, I was endorsed by the NRA, and I was proud of it. I continued that commitment as Director of CIA and as America's top diplomat at the State Department. Protecting America's Second Amendment rights is absolutely essential to protecting and promoting American freedom. I want to thank each of you for standing with me to protect and defend the freedoms that we know, treasure, and love.
1: Mike hell, Pompeo. Oh, yeah, Kansas is running. Fuck yeah! I want to get Mike's uh, Mike's thoughts on Kansas or twenty twenty four after the after the top of the hour too. Go ahead, Joe.
0: Yep, just a couple quick uh, other quick ones here. Um, Disclosed TV dropped this about six hours ago. One of Europe's largest data data center complexes in France destroyed by fire. Three point six million websites taken offline. No data is likely to be recoverable. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Zero Hedge had a great article uh, today as well. Um, (laughs) If you guys didn't see this, this was a bloodbath. Liberal journalist outrage after Huffington Post fires a third of its staff. That's right. You heard that right. Just months after it acquired by BuzzFeed in a fire sale, the Huffington Post, the once pioneering Internet media property, has elicited an outpouring of criticism from the blue check crowd after abruptly firing nearly 50 reporters roughly one-third of the site staff again is anybody surprised there
1: <laughs> I doubt it oh, that's pretty um, interesting to see there there's gonna be a whole uh, unemployment line of Hollywood writers now that's gonna be interesting
0: exactly exactly uh, we talked about HR1 yesterday with uh, Mark uh, Pecuda if you guys missed it. Um, this, uh, Mike Lee, uh, two minute is absolutely fire. Basically. He says that the HR one was written by the devil himself. So if you guys get a chance, check that out because Mike Lee absolutely drops a bomb there.
1: And that is your rapid fire news back to you, brother. Good stuff, Joe. Good stuff, as always. Appreciate you very much. Chat, asking for the link to Mike Pompeo, if you can get a chance to drop that in there. Um, quick a quick, a quick, word from our sponsor, and then we'll have Mike uh, Magnificent in here again. Uh, and we will uh, see you guys in 1.5 minutes. Rise attire USA.com is the official show sponsor of Uncensored. Abe and the Brothers Uncensored show. Appreciate them very much for all they do. Great gear, exclusive foxhole gear, as well as Methods and Red Pill uh, exclusive signature shirts. Also, just great gear in general. Check them out. Rise when you get time. Discount code ABEWAVE, A-B-E-W-A-V-E. We'll get you a 10% discount. You can help the show here. You can get great swag, and you can help out Rise Attire as well. Great Patriots. Check it out. Attireusa.com. The Check them out when you guys get time. Appreciate you guys very much for helping us support the channel in any way you can. Help spread the word about what we got going on over here. Appreciate you guys very much. Very much. Check out uncensoredabe.com for all the show links and other ways that you can help us spread the word. Appreciate you very much. Mike, let's get Mike back in here. Magnificent hanging out with us here today. And we got a couple callers already getting ready to pop in. Mike, Kansas is running, man. What do you think about 2024? 2024,
2: honestly, I'm so focused on 2022 because I feel like 2024 doesn't matter unless we clear out some of the election fraud and some of like the you know the voting machines and all of that stuff but 2024 I don't know we'll see I mean it's a ways off I know it's the most it's the sexy thing to focus on but We got to focus on 2022. That's just kind of my thoughts on
1: it. Yeah, I feel you too. I think um, we need to be focusing on all these local races, paying close attention to to Trump's telegram. It's clear to me that he is getting his priorities set already about who he needs to endorse, and he's going to be throwing the full weight of uh, his name behind these. It's going to be fun to watch to see how he does rallies in these areas or events in these areas and what he does to help lift up these names. But he's got a good list. Uh, right off the top already of key races that need to be addressed for sure do you what do you have going on down by you in florida do you have uh what do you have for key races coming up and what do you what do you foresee uh on, on that front is there anything have you had a chance of looking at that yet i haven't really looked into it yet so i don't know
2: yeah well we got ron desantis up for re-election i don't think he's formally announced that he's running for re-election but we're pretty sure that he is um i mean at least he needs to i mean if he's a patriot he needs to protect the largest swing state in the country. yeah. Um, but it's him, it's Marco Rubio. And I think we've got a bunch of state legislators that are up for reelection. So right now it's controlled by Republicans. So we got to keep it that way. I think we should be able to do that. But um, the Democrats are going to come. They want Florida. And we've got a lot of people that moved down here from New York. I just hope they've registered Republican on their way in and they plan on voting red. That's the only thing I can think about is Keeping Florida red and fending off tyranny from the state and local level, Ron DeSantis is a perfect firewall against Joe Biden's tyranny and everything they're trying to push at the federal level. It's just perfect.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. Ron DeSantis has been a, a a champion for for equal rights, real equal rights, and freedom for everyone. Um, he's he's been he's always been great. He's been doing a great job there for sure. He, he's definitely a shoe in. Um, yeah, you know, assuming I he runs again.
0: Yeah. Two things real quick. I mean, Mike Pompeo, Kansas could run a taco truck for all I care. I'd follow him anywhere he goes. Uh, I just think he's amazing. I think the work that he did and, and the negotiations uh, to all of the world leaders was amazing. Uh, I think that guy, no matter what he does, uh, that's, you know, there's not too many people in Trump's uh, close. If you want to call him close friends that he can trust. But I know Mike Pompeo and Scavino, obviously another one. Those two guys, man, you know, anything they do in the future is gonna be gold. Uh as far as DeSantis, I I mean, my dad lives in Florida and I if I could, I would be there in Florida in a heartbeat. DeSantis, the stuff that he's been doing is absolutely amazing. Um, one thing I, you know, one thing that I gotta kind of push back a little bit, Mike, is it can't be just red. I think, I think we got to kind of, we got to look into each and each individual person that's running and kind of look at them because there is some red that aren't so red out there, but, uh, other than that, man, I know we got some callers waiting. It looks like Dizzy's trying is that Dizzy up there trying to connect? It looks like he's not connecting though.
1: There's a lot of weird shit going on today, for sure. Uh Zoom's been having weird issues. I still have all kinds of weird shit happening over here. I know methods had some problems earlier. I don't know what the hell's going on with Zoom. Uh let me let give Dizzy a chance here to uh to try to get that audio thing figured out. I know he's working on it, so we'll give him we'll at least leave him in there and we'll get the texting in here to uh no
0: man, Pompeo is not even close to establishment. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know where you come off with that, but that's ridiculous, man. That's yeah, ridiculous. I
1: don't I don't I don't get it. There's a lot of people that um that don't trust Pompeo just because he was CIA, and I guess I mean, I guess that's a good rule in general to have. Uh I think in general it's better to look at uh who the man is himself. Uh it's clear that to, to me that uh Kansas is a god-fearing patriot. Uh and there's no question on that front. And there's no way he's going to sell out uh anyone to the establishment that is not going to happen uh dizzy go ahead and unmute what's up brother dizzy still muted
0: click uh, the unmute button homie <laughs> <laughs> click the unmute button there you there go, go. click the unmute i don't
5: freaking rookie see
0: that option you, Zoom rookie. These people in Pennsylvania, I tell you. <laughs> what's up, Dizzy? How you doing, uh, brother? <laughs>
5: uh, deflated bubbles. <laughs> we still uh, love you,
1: man. How you doing?
5: I I'm, I'm doing good, guys. I'm doing good, guys. Dizzy say uh, hi
1: to Magnificent.
5: What is up, Magnificent? How are you, good sir?
1: Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing?
5: I'm doing excellent. Um, so I'll be straight-up honest. Uh, I was waiting for a while, so I was, like, playing a game on my phone, and I have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great, Dizzy, great. But I can pick up the ball quick. I'm a quick learner, trust me. I know most of what's going on. So Mike's a RSBN correspondent, and he's been doing uh, some great work for them for a while. And so we get, we've been talking about, uh, you know, D.C. Okay, and, and I, the- knew,
5: I knew – I knew – I knew I knew in the face when yeah. he came up, and like holy crap like dude i I subbed to r s b n at about thirty eight k, and it's been one of the joys of my life to watch that channel just explode to what is it now, like seven hundred and fifty thousand i mean like r s b n like eclipses Every single mainstream news organization, when they're holding Trump rallies and everything like that, and and like when I'm on there and I'm just watching like the super chats come in, like you can't even keep up. And I'm like, that's how you do it. And
1: yeah, then man, these- they've been doing great work for a while for sure. Let me get the Texan, and he's he's over here hanging out as well. Texan, what's up, brother? You driving safe, brother?
6: Oh, yeah, man, just. Getting on down the road out here doing my thing, uh, Mike. I want to say, man, I saw you on uh, RSBN and I watched a lot of it, just like Dizzy was saying, and watched the uh, channel grow. I I got to tell you something, dude. I think it's I think it's really awesome to see the younger generation like yourself uh, actually getting it, you know, and not being brainwashed like you were talking about. I mean, you know, you, you went to get a higher education, not a higher indoctrination. And uh, you, you actually saw through the bullshit. And I tell you what, dude, you do a, a fantastic job out there, you know. And, and I, I really do enjoy watching you and, and the whole crew. Like I said, especially the the the, the younger people, you know, the your, your generation. That's I I don't know how, how old are you, Mike?
2: I'm thirty five.
6: Thirty five years old. See, I'm I'm in my fifties. Uh, quite a gap there. And 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 to see your generation doing what you're doing, man. I'm going to tell you something. It gives guys like me hope for the future.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's when, uh, Trump won, I didn't realize what was at stake. I just thought like, Oh, it's just another election. And the guy from the outside won. But then I started to realize why the guy from the outside was chosen in the first place, because they're trying to destroy this country. This is the only country I've ever known They're, you know, so, It made it worth defending, fiercely defending. And I think a lot of young people get that. I mean, there are plenty that don't, probably more that don't than do, but more and more young people are starting to get it that, you know, this everything that you have here is because of freedom and prosperity. And because we have a thriving, you know, entrepreneurial environment here in the United States, like every meaningful invention you can name was invented right here in this country.
6: Yeah, I'll tell you what, dude, uh, I, like I said, I've watched you, I've watched you live, uh, i watched you on the fly, and uh, dude, you got it, man. You know, you, you could bounce through a conversation, I mean, like a, like a real freaking pro, dude. You, you're good at what you do. And I, I do have to ask you something. Now, me being, you know, my age group, you being your age group, me being a redneck down here in Texas, uh, you being a, a younger man of a higher education, and... Uh, you know, of course, you're a black dude. I'm a white redneck down here in Texas. People are going to react to us differently for for many reasons. You've been out there. You, you've you been, you know, basically with your thumb on the pulse of America here for a little while, way more than, than I have. This uh, agenda that the mainstream media and that the, the liberals are pushing for this uh, racial division between us all, would you say that America is as racially divided, in your in your opinion, as racially divided across America as what they are portraying it to be?
2: Not at all. Not at all. America at one point was extremely racially divided. Unless you're ignorant of history, you know that, right? Most people know that, but they're so desperate yep. to drive a wedge between races now that it's just too obvious, right? I mean, half the people, I'd say the majority of the people that complain about racism aren't even people of color. They're woke white leftists that went to these, you know, these higher institutions. It's always these stupid studies that come out of these Ivy League schools like Harvard and Stanford and uh, uh, what's the other one? I forget what it is. But these these Yale. Ivy League and Yale, these stupid studies that come out talking about, well, this is racist. You know, these are colonial foods and just really... Retarded garbage and this doctrine that they're brainwashing the next generation of Marxist um, communist people. That's that's what is driving the wedge, but it's not really working because if you go to a black neighborhood and ask them if what they think about Aunt Jemima being taken off a syrup bottle, they'd be like, "There's bullets in my neighborhood. There's like my kids can't go to school. Like we need to fix our streets." They're not worried about banning Aunt Jemima. Banning Speedy Gonzalez and Pepe Le Pew and all of this garbage, and then when you factor in the hate crime hoaxes too, like Bubba Wallace, Jussie Smollett, why do they have to conjure up these hate crime hoaxes if racism is so
5: widespread and rampant? It's and just Mike, not true. Yeah, here's the point: they banned Aunt Jemima and they banned Uncle Ben, who were long term staples of. I mean, it's a commercial but an authority figure of that food group, right? Why do not they they ban Mr. Clean? I mean, he's a effing neo-Nazi as close as you can get. Shaved head, white shirt, Mr. Clean. Everything's got to be white, but he's okay. I mean, they're literally banning uh, anything that has
1: any color to it mr clean is is uh is flaunting his white privilege on another scale you gotta love it (laughs) yeah he
5: is and 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 i just gotta throw in uh texan uh just from the angle of your video as you're driving down the street like just from my prerogative i'm assuming you're like running over honda civics and everything like that just just (laughs) not even stopping it's just full throttle go (laughs) yeah right
6: yeah. Priuses, man. I'm running over Priuses <laughs> out here. Get the fuck out of the way.
5: Uh, well. but, but back back to Mike's point, um, you know, one of the things that the left does that is so illicit and disgusting is they will isolate a people group. Um, you know, whether you be black or any diverse sexuality preference or any kind of minority that they can cut up and dice up and just slide into a line. And then they inhale it like a line of Coke and out the back end comes victimhood. And then what they try to do is they try to, they tell you how bad you have it, how horrible life is, how, uh, you know, d- just paint the worst worldview for you. And they say the only way out is if you get empowered with victimhood, and we will provide the answers and The disgusting thing is they prey on people's insecurities and their hurts, and they isolate the bad spots in anyone's life, you know, even if you're white, oh, have you ever?" thought about having sex with the man or have you ever uh, you know or whatever yeah man. but they, they they try to wedge that like horrible thing deep in and then they try to turn that thing for their advantage yeah
1: man it's 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 so obvious but it drives me nuts mike what's your take on the on the victimhood culture that is shoved down the throats of of our kids and younger people these days
2: well, ultimately, racism and victimhood are the left's two drugs. They reward victimhood. They want you to think that there's virtue in being a victim, which is why they teach the oppression doctrine. I don't subscribe to it at all. They want me to think that just because my skin is black for no other reason that I'm oppressed and I need government handouts and I can't do it and there's this racist white boogeyman that's hiding under my bed. See, what they do is they, they create these omnipresent threats you know, things that you can't see, but they say it's everywhere. They use that to justify their power grabs and their control over people. Because if you can make someone afraid to even leave their house, you can control them. And that's what they want to do is control people. And so, you know, they use they use all of this stuff. Here's the thing. The demand for racism does not meet the supply. Rather, the supply doesn't meet the demand which is why I say they have all these hate crime hoaxes and they reward victimhood. So they'll have people looking to be offended. And because they've made, you know, the white youth hate themselves for being white, not because they're a terrible person, but because the way God made them, they're doing two things. Not only they're mocking God, but they're also saying you can only redeem yourself by going out there and trying to do good in the world, go be offended for minorities, Go be offended on their behalf. Oh, Land Lakes is so offensive. The Redskins is so offensive. And then they have these, what's so funny is they have these racially ambiguous individuals like Meghan Markle, like Kamala Harris. Like, what is she? She The other day, Joe Biden called her an Indian. My, You know, my vice president is Indian, but I thought she was the first Black woman VP. You know, like they continue to use these kind of people to push this racial oppression thing, and then they reward it, right? I'm sick of being lectured by really rich Black, Hispanic, Asian people on how bad they have it in America. The richest minorities on planet Earth live right here in this country, and yet they continue to lecture me about how bad it is in the country and how they're so oppressed. Oh, I'm sorry, Megan Markle, you you have to adjust to a new mansion in LA. It's really hard over there. And in England, with the royal family, like Miss me with all of it. It's the same thing day in and day out. It's rich, really rich, really wealthy, really successful people of color. I hate that term. But that's what they call themselves. People of color. Th- those are the people that are pushing this doctrine, this this lie. It's a big fat lie from their ivory tower. They're so oppressed. LeBron James, I'm so oppressed in America. They, and
3: it's because they reverse war-
5: China. Can't yeah. criticize China. And here's, in adding on to your point, Mike, you know who's behind all of those elite black millionaires? A whole bunch of white billionaires.
2: Yeah, it's all it's all a scheme. That's all it is.
5: It's a power structure. It's literally a power grab. Yeah.
6: And you know yeah. what? What we're talking about here, and you were talking about Land of Lakes and the Redskins. It just blows me away. It's a sneak attack, is what it is. You know, it's a sneak attack to to divide the people, and they've even convinced Native Americans that even using their image is offensive. So now you're on. They got them believing that their own face being used, or or, or their likeness is offensive. They're, they are just like these masks. They're voluntarily getting people to wipe their own identities away out of society, and they don't even realize they're doing it.
2: Yeah. And they, Does that they, make? Know, yeah, it makes sense. And they can't even get their story straight. They 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 can't even have one uh, unified message. It's first, it's here are the eight white identities. But then they turn around. They're like, you also need to be less white. So it's like, what are you talking about here? Pick your identity, but then also be less of your identity. But then also, we're going to solve racism by hyper focusing on it. See, it's it's like there's some cognitive dissonance happening there where people just. It doesn't register in their mind where they're like, we're going to be anti-racist. Okay. What does that mean? We're going to focus on one group of people and hate them. And we're going to focus on them and drive a wedge between the races. And that's how we're going to fix racism by racial equity. We're going to hire people based on the color of their skin. And they don't just go skin deep. They try to layer it with other, you know, victim groups. It's like intersectionality. The more intersectional you are, the more insulated you are from criticism, take Ilhan Omar. She is untouchable. She's a black female Muslim immigrant. Check check, check, check. You can't criticize her because if you do, you're a racist, sexist, xenophobe, islamophobe. That's how yeah,
5: and she bound her brother. Don't forget that.
2: <laughs> well if you if you criticize her at all, you're you're all of those things. You're not allowed to criticize Obama because he was black. You're not allowed to do certain things. Fifty percent. Yeah. It just builds oh resentment. That's how you know they're not really concerned about fixing the issue. Because don't get me wrong, there are still instances of racism, sexism in the country. But because they call everybody, they come in contact with racist and sexist and xenophobic and Islamophobic, they you're never going to find the real problem. You're never going to dig it up by the root because you're just the boy who cried wolf. Yeah,
6: exactly what they
0: Sorry, go they, ahead.
1: Naperville, Illinois teachers, oh, sorry, go ahead. Look, you guys finish up the comments on that and then I'll get to this. Hold go on ahead. real
5: quick. Obama was 50% black. So, the 50% white of the bombs were the ones that hit Syria. The yeah, black right? bombs Joe, they just landed in the Mediterranean. <laughs>
0: No, I just think Mike made a great point there that and I would just, you know, that's what they exactly what they want, though. Um, You know, they want us divided. They, you know, divided. We are weak. But, uh, you know, like I said, man, go go to a Trump rally, go to anything Trump uh, related, even just to see Trump drive by. uh, As I want to talk about that, Mike, as your last broadcast that I saw. Uh, live broadcast, anyways, when Trump was uh, arriving in Mar-a-Lago, uh, that was pretty cool to see as well. You just you get this you get this feeling of unity with anything related to Trump, and so their narrative of trying to divide us the us in the movement. No, it's not working, and we are going stronger and stronger every single day.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the critical race theory, the identity politics, the. The cringe virtue signaling, the infiltration of identity politics into every aspect of American culture. You can't turn on a football game. You can't go get food at a restaurant because they're going to put Black Lives Matter on their menu. And just they're, they're so over the top with it that it just turns people off. It turns off Black people. It turns off white people. Sometimes you just don't want to talk about race. That's like the least important thing about a person. And yet that is the only thing that matters to the left. You saw it the other day, Joe Biden. He's like, Indian Americans are taking over the country. I'm pretty sure the conversation he was having had nothing to do with the ethnicity the ethnicity of the woman he was talking to. They're just hyper-focused on racism. It's really weird. It's creepy. And people are starting to leave it. They don't want anything to do with it. And yeah, on the other side, Trump does bring people together because the reasons why we gather have nothing to do with our identity. It has everything to do with our love, of God, of country, of freedom. It's that simple.
6: Amen. Amen. I agree, man. That was very wise words you just spoke right there. Gentlemen, I tell you what, I would love to sit in on this conversation for a lot longer, but I've got to get down the road, and I know I'm going to lose my signal. Mike, man, thanks for uh, fielding my questions and and talking to me. I got a lot of uh, respect and appreciation for what you do, man.
2: Thank you. Appreciate the support.
6: Hey, I'll see you all down the road.
1: Appreciate you, Texan. Dizzy last thoughts.
5: Uh, Yeah, Mike's just currently just plowing over like 10,000 Priuses and just not even noticing. (laughs) Last thoughts for Mike. Uh, uh, Mike, awesome, dude. Uh, Much love for RSBN and uh, the work you guys do over there. I mean, so many of us patriots out here have relied on your channel and uh, people like you for actually – covering what's going on so god bless you man um and and speaking truth and i hate to say it's so cliche truth to power um but these these radical leftists will weaponize anything to pit man against man woman against woman uh so god bless you uh abe and joe you both suck though
0: much love bro much love Disney. <laughs> We've known Dizzy for quite a while. Good, good calling, brother. Be prepared next time for a question. Texan, thanks for the call
1: as well. Never, never.
0: Appreciate the call there, Texan, as well. Good stuff, guys.
1: My, I swear, I'm getting ready to you can't, throw my you can't. freaking mouse against the fucking wall. I swear to God, I'm getting ready to lose my freaking mind here. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, AOC's in the house. Let me get into a quick uh a quick article here that I wanted to – it, it kind of ties into what you were just talking about there. And I was trying to bring it up a couple of times, and my, I swear, if you guys saw what I'm going through with my mouse right now, you, your blood pressure would be higher than mine. In Naperville, Illinois, where Joe and I grew up, the teachers are doubling down in support – Of a racially divisive training, public school teachers in a high-income suburb of Chicago are denouncing the Federalist and attacking one of its writers while affirming their support for the disparate treatment of Americans based on race. As reported by the Federalist last week, District 203 in Naperville, uh, Illinois uh, school district staff and faculty attended a a county-wide Equity Institute training on February 26th. A whistleblower sent notes from the keynote speaker, Dina Simmons, and nine other quote-unquote anti-racist coaches to the Federalist, as well as evidence uh, such as PowerPoints from the training insisting America is institutionally racist. Other teachers also provided statements. One PowerPoint slide in the Valrum Consulting Group presentation said the term Make America Great Again is covert racism compared to the N-word, hate crimes, lynching, and the KKK. According to the below slide, if you are part of half the country that voted for President Trump, you are a racist and a white supremacist. For a school that prides itself on, quote, diversity and inclusion, this is troubling to say the least. Here is the graph here. Overt white supremacy. Uh, And right on the line of that is police murdering. People who resist arrest and threaten their own lives. But nonetheless, we won't get into the depth of that. Racial slurs, racist jokes, neo-Nazis, the N-word, KKK, burning crosses, hate crimes, swastikas, and lynching. And right there is Make America Great Again, tied up with school-to-prison pipeline, which is actually a real issue, and Confederate flags. This is a disaster of what's going on in a school district that basically uh, was the uh, foundation of great schooling In the Midwest, it was the school that you wanted to put your kids in back in the day when Joe and I were over there. And now you have this kind of crap going on. Mike, what's your thoughts on this shit, man?
2: It's just, uh, it's Marxist propaganda. It's factory farming the next communist. That's pretty much what it is. That's what these schools are. They're, They're indoctrination facilities and the kind of propaganda. First of all, like I said in the beginning, this is coming from white people. This is coming from white Marxists. This isn't coming from black people because systemically racist society wouldn't allow them to be in positions where they're, you know, um, curating a curriculum for students. So it's coming from these white people that are, maybe they're paid off. I don't know. Maybe they actually feel that way. Like, oh my gosh, let me do something with my whiteness. Let me save black people today and tell them that this is offensive and this is racist. Let me tell them what to think. Instead of how to think, let's tell them what to think. And they need to think that the phrase, the slogan, make America great again, even though Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan said it, is now racist because of Trump. But it doesn't work. Here's the thing, it doesn't work anymore because at first they were able to say, yes, it's a bunch of white people, a bunch of racists from Arkansas and Kentucky and all these parts of the country that, you know, this is where this Trump support came from, rural America. But then they forget about all the Cubans in Miami, all of the immigrants that I saw in Washington, D.C. and Maryland. It's all kind of people who supported Trump. He, he got more votes from all minority groups. He, he like doubled it. Yeah. He got more than any other Republican candidate or president. So like it doesn't really work. It works on people who already think that way. But I don't think anybody who has their eyes open is like, you know what? That's true. MAGA is racist and Confederate flags. See, the, the country is not as racist as the left wants it to be. They want it to be crosses burning in people's front yards. And when America, here's the thing. When America was more racist, it was the Democrats. It was the Democrats then. It's the Democrats now. If the party switched, why do they still judge people based on race? They're obsessed with it. What's sad is that they're polluting the minds of children. They want white kids to hate themselves and they want black kids to hate white kids. So it actually does more damage to kids than it does adults. Adults. They know that they're being dishonest. If they're pushing this garbage, unless they grew up in the system and they were told the same thing. Yeah. But they're
1: yeah, it's something I talk about all the time. It's very well said. And you had me laughing over here. Uh, there's little subtleties there, man. It's like, um, it, This goes back to something I talk about a bunch of times, man. Rahm Emanuel in 2014 ish—I don't know, somewhere around uh, there—did a a uh, a piece for Brookings Institute. It was a think—it was a think tank with uh, all of the greatest progressive thinkers. And they were talking about next steps, about what they have to do to uh, to push the progressive uh, mold around uh, America even deeper, because they've they've gotten it from you know from cities like Portland to states like uh, well the whole West Coast and in the East Coast, and now they're 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 taking their sample uh, uh, test uh, test samples from Baltimore and they're bringing it into Chicago suburbs. And what Rahm Emanuel said, and I quote: "We must." divide the suburbs using education and this was this is a plan by the progressive left to divide the suburbs by any way they can and they're starting it with this kind of garbage that they're shoving down the throats of people with this kind of quote-unquote training that everybody is racist because america is system systematically racist i think america is actually systematically oppressive i think america's policies are equally oppressive across all races, all creeds, and anyone who is out there. I think America has been subverted from within. Every single law that protects either pri- either special classes or just in ge- in general any American have been subverted to destroy the rights of Americans. It is beyond the, the the pale of race and the the example of what they're doing or what they did in Baltimore to the school system there ha- it, that destroyed Uh, the black community there and has turned them into basically a, a slave of the state and a slave of the, of the government is what they're trying to push around all around the world, bro.
2: Yeah. And you think about it, Baltimore, who runs Baltimore? If you want to talk about systemic racism, who runs Baltimore? Is it Republicans? Is it the GOP? Is it Mitch McConnell? Or is it Democrats? Has it been that way for, I don't know, 50 years? Yeah. And it's not just Democrats in Baltimore. Black Democrats. Their last three to four mayors were all black women, and they were involved in some kind of scandal, some kind of money laundering scheme. Uh, One of them, I think, is in prison. The last lady, Catherine Pugh, remember that? The FBI had to go clean up her her mess. You see, and in Baltimore, the schools are so bad. I don't know if you know who Anthony Brian Logan is, but he did a video last week about the kid who his GPA was like 0.013 or something. And he was the median as far as GPA. He was like middle of the road. So that's systemic racism right there. If they want to talk about systemic racism, like I said, you got to dig the problem up by the root, but because they call everything systemically racist, they that just means we can't get to the bottom of it because they're calling everything systemically racist. Focus right there on Baltimore, focus on Chicago, Focus on Newark, New Jersey, Philadelphia, you can go down the list, Memphis, Tennessee, Oakland, California, South Central Los Angeles, Maxine Waters District, where kids can't read and write at grade level. So they want to talk about systemic racism. They need to look in the mirror. I mean, who's controlling the system in these cities where black and brown people are concentrated? It's Democrats. But see, they don't care about solving the problem. They just care about blaming, shifting blame. Look
1: in the mirror, Democrats. That's good stuff, man. That's right on point, and it's been, you know, like I told you a pre-show, man. It is. I have a special place in my heart for for Baltimore and for the inner city communities I identify with. I get where they come from. I grew up in Detroit. I, I went. I went from Detroit to to the neighborhood suburbs where you you weren't. Uh, you were an outsider there. You didn't fit in there. Uh, the city boys from Detroit didn't didn't uh, fit in too good. And so everybody has their experiences of how of how they are treated as outsiders. And uh, our our country as a whole is welcoming to everybody. It is the government and it is the the, the, the systems put in place by the government that is oppressive. That I think all of us, uh, Bernie Bros, uh, left, uh, you know, Blue Dog Democrats, anyone, on, and it's anyone near the right could have the discussion there about how our government oppresses people and the policies that bring people down and enslave them into the government. AOC's in the House always has some great words going on out there. What's going on, AOC? How are you today, brother?
3: Good, good, good. Just uh, enjoying the show. Great conversation today. As somebody, obviously, that identifies as a Puerto Rican congresswoman, uh, hey, I get this race thing a lot. But uh, no, seriously, though, um, it is it is a little scary because we know it's a part of an overarching plan. that has been decades in the making. And a lot of people still think of it as a game or politics even when they're getting forced to put a muzzle on. And um, I did some work in South Africa and Swaziland for a while. And it was probably some of the best work I did as far as on paper. Uh, I got asked to start this charity on behalf of Nelson Mandela's family and the royal family of Swaziland. Incredible problems that they've gone through over there, but... I was working with a bunch of people. I was the only, you know, I was definitely the minority while I was there, the people I was working with. And I was in a room with 150 people for about, for the week, for this one weekend talking about all this stuff. And I was the only one in the room that hadn't seen a loved one of theirs murdered because of the color of their skin. And and worked in at eleven with an NGO I started helping others in that area. And I had no clue. I was I had no clue what politics can be, you know, and and I didn't go through that myself while I was there. Uh but, you know, talking to all these people that I hadn't seen it to that level and to get a grasp of what's happening now. And we still don't think it's going to get as serious as people dying because of whatever it is. Maybe it'll be race. Maybe it'll be Republican. It may, you know, whatever it is, it's it's coming. It's happening like slow drip. Um, but we will we, we'll be foolish to think that it can't happen here. And so if you've never gotten into politics, now's a great time to get into politics because we are fighting we are fighting for our lives uh for our lives mike what do you and, see for the
1: future of, of mike uh what what are your what are your future aspirations do you have any political aspirations going on in the future not at the moment um god is navigating this ship for
2: me so right now this is where he wants me and he's just kind of uh you know lighting up my path as i go down it so i don't really know but i know that i'm in this fight for the long haul Because I know that uh, this is the right thing to do. This is the right place to be. He has me in this strategic position. So I don't know. Maybe I'll run for office. I don't know. I don't see it. I would prefer not to put my family through that, especially with everything going on with cancel culture. And, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I'll just wait and see. But for now, I would like to just try to motivate people because some people are stronger for, you know, they have a stronger passion for politics. Maybe they want to run for mayor or city council or something like that. If I did run for office, it would be on the local level. But we need help on the national level. If we can't if we can't end the Fed completely, if we can't end the federal government, then I want to be somebody who can push the next person to go
1: there. There's a lot of work that needs to be done all over the place. I think that's the overwhelming part that we see is uh, those of us that don't take our country back and don't stand up in any way we can and and I'm with you God guides me um you know where wherever it, and wherever God takes me is where I'm going to go in the future um and for now I, I feel I feel I feel like this is where I need to be to bring gr- great voices like yours on you know help amplify the voices that are out there that really get it that really are trying to help people that's the thing about about I love about this movement more so than anything every one of us is united in the fact We really want to help each other. We want to help our society. We want to help humanity. And when you have a movement that's based on that and the spirituality behind it, there's really nothing that can stop us. It's a matter of time before we get there. And that's what we, I think the biggest part that we don't, uh, that, that us as spoiled Americans can't get through our thick skulls is this is going to take, this is a generational fight. This is not something that's going to happen with a single election. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I'm totally. It's it's going to be, it's going to be a long drawn out battle. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. So we're going to always be um, fighting to maintain what God gave us, which is freedom. Amen Absolutely.
0: I agree.
1: Amen to I that. I, on this same topic, there's a really good article that I want to highlight for you guys out there that are, that are hanging out with us. Appreciate you guys all out there. I see you guys. There's all great comments and stuff. I see Daddy Crab getting ready to hop in here as well, but I appreciate you guys very much. The cityjournal.org has an an amazing article by Barry Weiss. I've only got a chance to get like halfway through it, but this this guy just blows my mind. He basically is going after the affluent parent, not going after, he's exposing and showing the, the, the problem for what it is. And this is how we get people that are in the uh, uh, major uh, influencers in school organizations and in, in, uh, uh, in our school systems that push the garbage that down our throats. The Miseducation of America's Elites, it starts there. Affluent parents terrified of running afoul of the new orthodoxy in their children's private schools organize in secret. It's a breakdown of what is happening in the elite's education community and the parents who are also trying to just get their kids the best education as possible. It's a really good breakdown for those of you guys out there that want a kind of a a high-level read about what's going on behind the scenes in the elite communities. And I mean, that's really where it starts. Our our colleges and our school systems, and especially the colleges where uh, the people who are in the public sphere, uh, the, the Columbia, uh, Columbia's of the world, the places like that um, are the foundation of what's where our problems are at, Mike. And I mean, I, I've been yelling and screaming about foreign donations into our colleges and universities. University of Wisconsin, the number one donor for the University of Wisconsin is frickin' China, man. And it is just amazing to me that they are able to pull off this kind of stuff and that the elites are more concerned with their, uh, their cocktail parties than what's right for our children. What, what is going on in colleges, man? It, what, can, what can we do as, as you and I with a voice to further expose what's actually happening out there? Encourage people not to go.
2: I mean, what's the point? You're going to have a bunch of student loan debt. They've watered down the the curriculum as it is, while it's gotten more expensive to go. A college degree means what nowadays anyway, when half the people are studying like gender equality or, you know, underwater basket weaving or something really stupid. It's not, it. those skills aren't really reliable or they're not even valuable really in the workforce. I think it starts with the cultural change, like a hard day's work, roll up your sleeves, go do something that's practical, do something that's technical, become an engineer, you know, something that's more, I guess, like a hard skill, learn a hard skill. I think um, raising kids to do that, try to pursue that, nudge them in that direction. Not only is it better for the country, it's better for our future. And it's a way to, to cut off the lifeline of these indoctrination facilities. Like I, like my nephews, they didn't go to college. Um, They probably make more money than me because they are focused on their skills, their crafts, stuff that you don't need to go to college for. You may need to learn and fine tune it, but you don't need to go pay some university to sit through four years of, and take all these extracurricular or these, you know, these uh, elective courses. Because that's usually where they get you, like a sociology course here or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I think that's the best way to just cut off the lifeline altogether. Because the left, unfortunately, they control that important vertical that shapes American society. And that is academia. They just, they own it.
1: No another yeah. example of this and when I went to NIU for a year and and laughed at what my teachers were trying to teach me my English teacher did an op-ed a a, a doctorate study on RU48 I think it was called back then for for you 480 something it's the foundation of the uh, after uh, the the uh, abortion pill the the uh, the day after pill or whatever this was when it was first coming out back in the uh, early 90s I go to I go to English class to learn writing and reading and grammar. And I got to read an article about an abortion pill by my English teacher. It, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. And the disasters in our colleges is no, it, 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 I always wonder what it was like in pre-1945. You know what I'm saying? I always wondered how these people could possibly allow themselves to be manipulated by someone like Hitler. This is how, and this is why we need to all be on full alert. I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I agree. And, and you know, just real quick, uh, we, we got a couple of nephews, for example, that didn't go to college. Uh, you know, I know I've got one nephew that's a truck driver that's doing really well. Another one in the steel business that, you know, makes over hundred K a year. Uh, another one who's a pipe fitter who didn't go to college and they all went to trade schools. They're all doing fantastic. They all have, you know, well to do nice houses, nice cars. Um, I, I completely agree with you, Mike, if we can get into the trades, that's where it's at to keep and, and to, to further on as well about, uh you know, why we're doing this. It's not only just for the people now to wake them up, but again, the future generations. I mean, I've got a nine year old and that, and that's, you know, the biggest thing for me, the, the, the biggest reason, not not only the reason, but a biggest reason is because I don't want my kid to grow up indoctrinated. I don't want my kid to grow up and have to go through the things that we did. I want them to be able to live a free life. And when I say free, I don't mean Democrat free. I mean Republican free. I mean Constitution. I mean you know those, those important articles that that have basically shaped our our way. Uh, that's what's most important. And I think it's a great point that you bring up. Even though you did go to college and and you did do that, you also saw that it you know the the downside to college. So I just think your perspective is great. AOC, you got anything to throw in there, buddy?
3: No, just uh, that uh, congrats for all the success, Mike. It's good to see your face. And uh, I hope you keep it up and uh, and and maybe get keep a national stage going long enough to get yourself in an office here. So we need patriots to have some sort of means and some sort of recognition to be able to do that. I'm definitely running 2022. I'm trying to uh, encourage a lot of, other patriots do the same. We really gotta we gotta be the ones that are running these races for sure. But anyway, that's all I got for now. God bless you all. Keep up the great work.
1: Appreciate God you. Bless, AOC. Thank you, AOC. God bless you, brother. Be safe. Okay. Hi, Gino. Over on Twitch, God bless you as well. Good to see you out there. Yeah, I watch closely. I just don't get a chance to say as much as I want to and chat as much as I can. Wisconsin Anon, Just V, Glenn's out there hanging out. Appreciate you guys. Fred in the house. Uh, a lot of great patriots out there. These guys have been uh, – these guys are some of the OGs that are out there, bro. These guys have been in this fight from the Reagan era. They they get it. They totally get it. They don't have to, we don't have to tell them. <laughs> but what we do have to do is is let them know – uh, not on our watch we're not going to let this stuff happen anymore we're going to do whatever we can whatever is in our power to uh to stop these people we're not going to let them just uh take over america and roll over while it happens that is not going to happen i want to say much love to uh just mojo de solera chris is out there hanging out as well god bless you chris Schaus. uh qtp9 uh, Q- Q- much love to you as well uh finally edward harold edward and lester god bless you both both for the uh for the donation for the lights on. I'm uh, I'm be using that for uh, my uh, my bills that are coming up here pretty quick. Daddy Crab's trying to hop in there and get his audio uh, going, and for some reason today um, it has been a problem for Zoom getting the audio going. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun, Mike. It's been it's been really fun to hang out with you, and I, you know I, I think we I think we could probably have uh, some more fun in the future if we could do this again. I would love to have you back, man, and just kind of uh, maybe just the three of us hang out next time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was a
1: blast. This is fun. It's it's we awesome. have great callers, man, and and they they're just um you know they're so used to just coming in and hanging out with me, so sometimes they don't realize oh we have somebody here with us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, usually we don't have a guest on the second half or hardly, but I you know Mike I you know I haven't said it at all, but I've been watching the chats in YouTube and Foxhole and D Live and. If you get a chance, man, roll back through there because there's so many great comments. I didn't want to say them at the beginning of the show because then you'll start paying attention to the comments. So I didn't want to say that. But everybody absolutely loves you, your common sense approach to everything that you're talking about. You're hitting so many points head on. Um so I just wanted to uh, kind of say uh thanks of course first and foremost because everybody's uh, absolutely enjoying it and it looks like we got Daddy Crab in the house Daddy Crab how are you
1: sir Hey man how you
7: doing tonight Fantastic
1: Daddy Crab, Daddy Crab God bless you man good to have you here we got about uh, 3 minutes so what do you uh question comment for Mike
7: Well I'll just keep it real short I was just going to mention about uh the election last year you know, the last three or four months, you know, t- till the end of the year, RSBN was covering all of the rallies. The media was not covering the rallies, and I don't watch the media anyway. So, it was a win-win for me to have RSBN on on uh, YouTube, and Mike Nifeson was doing one heck of a job. You know, I would sit and watch the rallies, and, and I'd look over at my wife, and I said, "This guy's a natural man. He is really good. He just." you know, the words flow and everything is just, is, is nice. You know, it's just, it, it, it was really great.
2: Well, appreciate the support. I get that. I get that. I've been getting it a lot lately since I've been uh, able to like go back and look at some of the old streams and see some of the comments when I was on, you know, on the press risers. And it just, God just really just gives me the words or honestly, it really just flows naturally. I feel like I'm at my element when I'm in these Trump rallies. It just, it just, it's fun. I hope that he holds more rallies because that's what the country needs really is we need somebody that is going to spearhead this movement. And it's been Trump for the past five years.
1: Agreed. Yeah, exactly. and I know that's going to yeah. happen too. I know. I know. Uh, President Trump realizes the responsibility he has now. He he. When he spoke at the Tea Party rally in Palm Beach in twenty thirteen, fourteen, somewhere around there. Um. You know. I mean. He became an instant. Uh. Somebody that we could look to, as as somebody that would be bringing uh, our movement from, you know, uh, the depths of the of the House of Representatives, where we had like thirty representatives and we had maybe one or two senators at that time you know then we slowly grew from 2010 to 2012 2014 uh all the way through we've continually added every single time we have a lot of people in the senate and in the house now that are united around the freedom caucus and it is i mean i'm telling you we they listen to what the people want they listen to the solutions and they're actually fighting for us people it's awesome to see man
2: yeah yeah and you've got new people like marjorie taylor green in there yeah. you've got lauren Bobert, I think that's how you say her yeah. last name. And you've got you've got people that actually didn't win that could have been there, like Kim Clasick out of Baltimore. I mean she just won. think about that. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Joe Collins. Joe Collins in LA ran against Maxine Waters. That's I got a chance to example. talk to
1: Kim. Kim is amazing. Kim is Kim is the, probably one of the smartest people I've ever seen out there. She totally gets it too, and she has a great voice being gu- guided by God as well. I mean, you're right, though. We pro- There's probably 30 at least that we could have had in there that I'll add to it. Danny get it back to you.
7: No, I was just going to say, you know, I was really hoping that the election had turned out different, even though I don't think it's really over with. However, I, I would just like to say that it would have been really nice to see RSBN in the press room, you know, instead of your normal media, and not getting, you know, the real questions asked that need to be asked, you know, to to really, you know, get the truth out there because that's that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants the truth. We're tired of the same old press. It's boring. It's stale. They never tell the truth. RSBN was doing a great job of you know, bringing it out, bringing it out to the forefront. And, uh, and I just wish that things had turned out different. Although, like I said before, I don't think it's over with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You and me both, we definitely wanted to be right there front and center. We wanted a different outcome. We didn't get it, but God isn't surprised by any of this. He's not shocked about what man is doing down here on earth. And he has the final say. And in the end we
7: win. Amen, Amen. Mike. Thank you
1: very much. Much love, Daddy Crab. Thanks for the call, brother. Thanks so yes, much, sir.
0: Daddy Crab. Good to hear from you, brother. Take care.
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys take care. Bye bye. Daddy Crab, another great contributor. Appreciate that very much. So it's been fun, man. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your perspective, man. It's important. And uh, man, I just hope you keep doing it, dude. I, I really want to keep watching you. I know you have a. I know you have a great voice. I know you get it. And, uh, you know, we need that. We need people like you to keep doing it. What's the best place where people can find you? And what do you have kind of come upcoming? What kind of schedules do you have for, you know, upcoming videos or upcoming events for yourself in the in the near future?
2: Well, uh, where you can find me is YouTube and Telegram and Twitter. Those are the big three that I post things on. But I'm also on uh, BitChute. I'm on Parler. I'm on Rumble, Gab. And just pretty much everything except Facebook and Instagram, so that's the best place to find me. But yeah, definitely YouTube, Telegram, and Twitter. Oh, what I have coming up is I'm working on a boat parade down here in Tampa, because their their authoritarian mayor canceled the um, the annual Gasparilla parade that they normally do. So it's going to be a Trumparilla parade. So that'll be fun. i <laughs> um, working on that. And then other than that, just helping RSBN, you know, scout different events that we can cover. So if anybody knows of an event that's going on, it can't just be anything like, you know, your random friend is running for office. It's got to be some kind of event, maybe something that's a protest against the lockdowns or something like that. I know like recall Gavin Newsom in California is huge. Um, uh, Protests against Cuomo in New York, that would be big. But if there's anything else that we can cover, reach out to me, MikeNifficent813 at gmail.com, and we'll see if we can get some RSBN live coverage there.
1: That's awesome. I I appreciate it big time, man. How often do you uh, uh, you plan on doing different kind of videos on your YouTube?
2: Just kind of whenever I feel like it, but it's weekly. I mean, it's several times a week. I did a video yesterday about how they're creating a two-tiered society with the mandatory digital COVID vaccine passport mm-hmm. that they're trying to roll out. And then uh, I do weekly live streams, So I'll probably do a live stream sometime tomorrow, if not release a video before the weekend. So several times a week.
3: Appreciate Always you big look. time,
1: man. Appreciate you big time. Let me get it over to Joe to uh, to uh, dial us out. Joe, send us out,
0: man. Uh, it's just been an absolute great conversation, Mike. I, You know, and like everyone said, you know, from the first time I saw you, on rsbn up until you know following you on youtube and all your shows you have such a great voice and i love that you kind of ended the show on one of my favorite quotes and that is that god wins and so that's how i'd love to end the show as thank you for everybody out there and foxhole and d live and youtube your guys your guys are amazing i know everybody out there absolutely loves you mike And I appreciate you, sir, for keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting for truth. And uh, don't update your 2017 YouTube about me section, man, because it is spot on. You are a true patriot, sir.
2: Definitely. Thank you, man. Appreciate coming on. Thank you guys for the invitation. I enjoyed myself. This was fun.
1: Appreciate you, Mike, very much. Mike, when is that boat thing? Do you know that schedule yet?
2: I'm not sure. I've got to follow-up with the one of the coordinators of it, but it's going to be sometime in April.
1: Sweet. If you can, uh, I, we'll look. We'll look, and we'll help promote it. We'll help promote it. Appreciate you very much. Mike Nivisant from RSBN and really from Truth is Stranger in Fiction, the Mike Nivisant channel. Check him out on YouTube. You can find all of his links there as well as Telegram. They've been dropped into chat. They will also be in the show description. Much love. God bless you all. We will see you guys tomorrow. A big, long day for us tomorrow. We'll be hanging out with due diligence and other people tomorrow. Or uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, um,
4: uh, Abe? Yeah, we're going to be
1: hanging out. Uh, Mitchell Gerber is going to be here uh, <laughs> tomorrow, and DW Truth Warrior tomorrow night. That's what I meant to say. I got my schedule here somewhere. i just be told where to go. Much love. Also, don't forget after the show. Is it and Wednesday? After the show, Amy Jo is going to be uh, have her Bible readings, Find Your Strength in Jesus. Give me about a half hour. and We'll kick that off. Much love. God bless you all.
5: Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make
3: a real and lasting difference.